Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the gift of this day. Thank you for this opportunity to gather together and to worship you. We pray, Lord God, that you would speak to us, that you would give us the ability to stop, Lord, that you would give us open ears, open heart, Lord, and a willingness to hear your words to us, that you would allow us to let go of the cares and concerns which we brought into this place. Help us to lay those at your feet so that we might be taught by you. And Lord, speak through us and draw us to your side. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning! It's so good to see you all today. Well, you know what? Um, One of my daughters was doing some homework, and on her little homework sheet, she had all these questions, right? She had to sort things out between producers and consumers. And so she had all these animals and plants and things like that. And so one of her questions was a fox. So let me ask you, is a fox a producer or a consumer? Consumer, why? Credit card, right? No, yeah, it eats. That's right, it eats things. Uh, okay, how about a blackberry bush? Producer. Well, you've obviously never walked through blackberries, right? Because when those things get old, you they consume you real quick, man. They take you take big chunks of you with them. Yeah, that's right. It's supposed to be a producer. But how far can we take this consumer producer thing, right? Does a blackberry is it fully self sufficient? Does it need anything? It needs water. That's right. What else does it need? Sunlight, that's right. And what else? Soil, nutrients from the soil, that's right. It needs all those things for it to live. The fox as well, right? Is it purely a consumer? No, because ultimately it'll be worm food, right? So it will be a producer in some way as well, right? There's this whole way that everything is knit together and all things are, when it comes down to it, it seems, consumers, right? They all need something. Every single thing, every single living thing needs something to live. It has no life in itself. It has to draw from other things. In fact, one of the big debates right now is between us and plants, right, in California. Well, no, not that, not that debate. I know what you all are thinking. Not that debate. I'm thinking about water, right? Water. How will use the water, right? Will the plants get the water? Will the people get the water? Do you need to have grass in your front lawn or should you stop watering it? Right, all those kind of things. Right, that shows that both of us are consumers and both of us are competing for the same resources. Both us and the lawns. Everything needs something. Even inanimate objects like your car, right? Do you ever need to feed it anything? Yeah, Yeah, and money too, right? My goodness, they take a lot. Everything, every living thing in this world has needs. Plants, animals, predator, prey, it doesn't matter. That seems to be the way that things work in this world. There is a gaping need. Now let's see what the Bible has to say about that. Well, in our passage from Philippians 2, the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Philippi about how they were to relate to one another as Christians. This mode of connection between them Uh, was to be characterized by being of the same mind and living in humility. Those two aspects. So let's look at these two characteristics. Being of the same mind. Paul says, be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, well, speaking of cars, and of one mind. This means that as Christians, we are called to have the same goals and love 
the same things. If you can imagine a church as a car, right? So you got your car and it's trying to go down the road. What if your car is trying to go forward and your wheels are trying to go backward? Will that work well? No, you need to see your mechanic. Your transmission's messed up, right? Uh, Things are not going well. You will not get to where you want to go the way you want to get there. Or if you steer the steering wheel left and the car goes right, right? You're in for a quick meeting with a pine tree probably, right? All the parts need to work together to go in the same direction. They all need to have that same purpose, that same unity of mind and direction. In the next chapter, Paul will express in Philippians 3.14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The goal that Paul encouraged the Christians towards is Jesus Christ himself. That was Paul's goal. That was the goal he wanted to see the church and every church be focused on was Jesus Christ himself. That they are to love him, to follow him, and to seek to be like him in their lives. The second call was to live in humility. Living in humility is expressed by Paul like this. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Christians are called to do all that they do with a consideration for others at the forefront of their minds. To live in altruism, generosity, thinking of others, and caring for their needs above our own. The gospel really helps us to live this way. When we understand who we are, that we are people in need of God's grace, his mercy, his forgiveness that we are people who have fallen short. We realize that we have received mercy, and therefore we can share mercy with others. Does that make sense? Right, We're recipients, so we should be givers of the same thing that we have received. Because think about it, right? There's kind of a, a, a opposition between these two main worldviews, right? One is the view of grace and the gospel. The other is the view of works righteousness. Let's talk about that for a second. Works righteousness is all about doing good things and getting rewarded for those good things. And if we're getting rewarded for the good things we do, then we can compare ourselves to one another like baseball players, right? You can take your Seth Kellerman card and you can lay it down next to, I don't know, Bob Jones Right? And you can compare them on like preaching stats, and then you've got like good work stats, then you've got like coffee hour stats. You know, you can like compare them all and say, well, man, uh, looks like in the long run we'd have been better off with, you know, whatever, you know. Or you could have fantasy Christian teams. Right? You and your co workers could all sit down and choose your ideal church. Right? Wouldn't that be great? Oh, man. But is that how it works? Is that how it's supposed to work? No, it's not how it's supposed to work. It's not how it's supposed to work. It's all about grace, my friends. Grace is something we receive, and since we have received it, we are called to give thanks for it and to share it. In order to emphasize and illustrate these characteristics of unity and humility among Christians, Paul uses an example of Jesus Christ, and in particular, his incarnation, 
his crucifixion, and his resurrection. He begins by saying, Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him. Earlier we were talking about how it seems like nearly everything in this world is a consumer. But God is completely different. God has everything. He is completely filled up. That's what the word perfect means. It means complete. There is nothing that God needs or will ever need. He'll never see a commercial and say, I've got to have that. Right? He'll never be in the grocery store and be like counting his money and trying to figure out which things he should get because he really wants, you know, extra popsicles or something. Right? That's not his quandary. There is nothing that he needs or will ever need. And yet we see in Jesus Christ the most remarkable thing. He empties himself. Paul said that Jesus did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. Humility and unity we see in Jesus Christ. He takes the form of a slave for us. He empties himself himself and acts in unity with the will of the Father in the most beautiful way possible. Now this is all good and well, but what does it mean for us? Well, at the bottom line, it means that we are called to live in unity and humility, but there's a problem in that. The problem is that if we've tried to live with a unified mind with our brothers and sisters in Christ, and if we've tried to live in humility, we find out often very quickly how divided and selfish we are. Right? You ever felt that before? Yeah, absolutely. We are broken people in need of God's grace. And if the call is just that we do everything perfectly just like God, and that is the call, then we fail. And what is our hope then? Our hope is in the grace of God. You and I, we can't live in humility and unity on our own. We are broken people in need of God's grace. We need to trust that Savior who emptied himself and took the form of a slave. We need to commit our lives to him because we are consumers and we need to be filled with something. And that something we need to be filled with is not more stuff. That something we need to be filled with is Jesus Christ himself. And he takes us, empty vessels, and pours himself into us so that you and I can truly love each other, can truly walk in humility and unity and care for each other because it is the Spirit of God himself doing that work inside of us. We live in a world that consumes. We live in a world that has a voracious appetite for growth and consumption. May God give us the grace to have one mind and live in humility in this world. May he give us the love to share with one another. May he make us humble people. 
May he make us people who are unified around the cross of Christ and his purposes in this world. And as we live this out, may God in his grace continue to reach and touch new people with this hope and with this filling from him. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you are the God who emptied himself for us. Lord, we try to fill ourselves up with so many things. And Lord, we know that those things continually leave us empty. We confess this to you now, Lord God. We confess that we are selfish, prideful people, Lord God. Please please break us of this. Please humble us, Lord, and help us to live and walk in unity. Give us a common heart and mind, Lord, that is focused around your purposes and your work in this world. And Lord, may we walk in step with one another, joyfully encouraging each other on towards you. And we pray, Lord God, that you would place your gospel upon our lips, that we might share it with others, that they might know your reconciling love, and that they might be unified with us through you as well. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.